0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Rye Lane. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be some light spoilers. Enjoy!
0: hello there
1: welcome to the place where you can be yourself <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is right oh how are you today pokemon concierge have you have you watched it all watched what sorry pokemon oh concierge. yes
0: yeah now i have now it's great I, I wish there was more episodes of it
1: i know there's only like four short episodes you can watch mm. the whole thing in an hour it's one of those things where like, oh, you're like, there's episodes, but you watch one and you're like, well, the next one's only 15, 20 minutes, so you might as well just carry on and then suddenly you've watched it all. The other show which falls into that category, of course, is Nathan Barley, which there are like six 25-minute episodes that all kind of flow quite well together. So if you sit down to watch one, you know you're going to be watching the whole series.
0: And I think you should leave with Tim Robinson Yes. another one, because the episodes are so short that you're just like, oh yeah, we can watch another one before you know it. You've watched all three seasons.
1: Yeah. And you know who will be the baby of the year.
0: (laughs) But Harley Jarvis, of course. Um, Did you see that he's bringing it to the stage? Really? He's doing a live tour for a limited run in 2024. I did not Um, know that. So it's going to do New York, Chicago, um, Detroit, San Francisco, LA. Um, I want British dates. Come on. Yeah. Bring it over to Britain.
1: That's incredible, but I'm also wondering how they're gonna do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be um him on stage getting the makeup put on from the I Don't Even Wanna Be Here sketch
1: yeah. for two
0: hours <laughs> and then it ends. Yeah, I do wonder how they're gonna do that. That's interesting. I hope I hope there's some footage of it that can be shared around.
1: Or the one where he's supposed to be working and he's playing the little computer game. That's that's my favorite. <laughs> yes. one. I want it to be you that now
0: looking at a nude egg. <laughs> genuinely one of the funniest tv shows of all time
1: i think yeah no obviously uh, the games. the top one is sloppy steaks
0: <laughs> Slop <them> up, <laughs> um i don't know what my favorite one is um it varies all the time i do love the um the jazz man boyfriend sketch
1: i don't know if i've seen that um, one i've kind of dipped in and out of it so i'm not an expert on it like you i've seen the, the yeah big ones, I i've think. watched
0: it all so much the most recent series has some real corkers there's this great one where someone's on like a um a romantic reality tv show but they're clearly only there to keep going on the zipline into the pool <laughs> that's really <laughs> funny like a big portion of the sketch is just tim <laughs> robinson looking extremely serious as he's flying down on a zip line into a pool um yeah there's some there's some corkers it's so consistently funny um speaking of things that are consistently funny, rye Lane is amazing. Can you can I say that?
1: Yes, absolutely. I really really enjoyed this. This was a total palate cleanser after having to watch Russell Crowe be a mid-2000s <laughs> dickhead in last week's film for like almost twice the length of this film. <laughs> yeah. This
0: I I might I might be saying something controversial here. This is the best rom-com I can remember in a long time
1: yeah because you don't get new ones much these days apart from the the netflix content churn ones which we've discussed many of those but there hasn't been like a new british one like this for a really long time has there
0: no and i think comparing it to the other recent rom-coms that have come to places like netflix or not even just that netflix that came to netflix but were in cinemas as well i can't think of any in ages that match up to the quality of this this is a great film
1: yeah it's really good and from the off, it's it's got it really hooks you immediately doesn't it it's great and the way it like unfolds is is really really good as well It's just yeah it's, it works on every level doesn't it
0: yeah yeah it's it's truly brilliant um so a little bit of an overview for people who haven't seen riley which i don't think many people may have done i
1: don't i don't get the feeling it it was yeah it was a big i think it's critically acclaimed but i don't get the feeling it got a a huge release or anything so yeah if you haven't seen it please go and watch it and spread the spread the good word because it's great
0: yeah so so it was released in cinemas in march in the uk last year right then came to hulu in america also in march was released on Disney Plus in the UK in May. So it only had a very short run in cinemas.
1: Right, okay. I remember seeing Mark Kermode giving it a rave review on his show now, but I never got around to watching it. I just thought, oh, that sounds interesting, but yeah.
0: Yeah, he describes it in his review, and I think it's actually a really good overview of the kind of feel of of Lane. Um, a hugely enjoyable romp that effortlessly combines the limited time rom-com format of Richard Linklater's before Trilogy with the in-your-face visual cheekiness of Peep Show.
1: Yes, that's And very actually good. that
0: gets right to what works so well about this film. Is it That is exactly what it's like.
1: We were talking about those films last week, weren't we? But um, luckily Rylane Lane didn't take 12 years to make, did it?
0: <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> um, so a bit of an overview for people who haven't seen Rylane Lane before um a fella has recently been well relatively recently bro- been broken up with he's sad and crying in the toilets at one of his friends art shows um someone he he runs into someone in the loo's but they they don't see each other and then pretty soon afterwards these two have a little conversation where 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 she recognizes the shoes he was wearing from the toilet
1: so it starts um, in what- the toilet and the piss humor continues from there <laughs>
0: There is a lot of piss humour. More piss humour than I was expecting from this movie. I'm so not much online. piss. Um, and we're fans of piss humour. We both enjoy um, Holmes and Watson, uh, a movie notorious for its piss humour.
1: And um, um, Austin Powers, obviously. Austin
0: Powers, obviously.
1: <laughs> Maybe we should just do a whole, a whole episode or like a whole... Actually, that's it. Themed month. Piss. Piss month.
0: <laughs> piss month. <laughs> The problem is that we've now seen three of the great piss humor movies, so you're yeah. going to
1: have to find some others. That's true. Well, that's the thing. There are probably undiscovered piss gems Undisco- out there.
0: Undiscovered yellow diamonds. <laughs> to
1: to to find. Yeah, uncut um, gems. That's the one. Um, I've still not seen but, it either.
0: But, but basically, um, it's then pretty much the entirety of it is one day of these two people together uh, finding out more about one another, getting up to hijinks um, to do with their past relationships, but then tying into their new blossoming relationship that's obviously growing and romance that's growing. And so it's got this one day set up and it works so well in that sort of framing device. But I think the real thing that makes this movie really work is this movie feels so authentically peckham yeah and i don't i don't know if you <laughs> felt the same way because i spent when i lived in london and, and lived in the surrounding areas of london um we played loads of gigs in peckham we were always around peckham yeah um and down in brixton as well this film sort of flitters over there and there's even a little note about new cross on the back of a van i'm like oh you oh, Cross, like
1: represent he used to live
0: there <laughs> Yeah, we used to live in New Cross, love New Cross. Um great place. Some great venues actually in New Cross.
1: Yeah, we never played there, but I went to see you play there with your other band at the New Cross Inn, I think.
0: Yeah, New Cross Inn's amazing.
1: Really love it.
0: Um but but basically I, I, and you've spent a lot of time around South London mm-hmm. as well because we've we been are to South the London the Peckham Um the Peckham Plex. Um, yeah, brilliant. we are South London South London dickheads. It's, <clears throat> is our it's it's, it's our innate identity now Um, and it really does feel London doesn't it it really does feel South London Peckham area really gets to the tone and atmosphere really well
1: but and it also does it in a way that doesn't feel forced either which I think is often with American rom-coms they're always set in New York and they always try and do that but they're lazy about it and it's all ends up being generic right and London ones if yeah there are British ones that try to do that with London when it's all just like tourist stuff and you're like actually no There's very much a generic template for that if you want to do that, but if you want to do a film like this and bring that sense of place to it, it just it works so well and it is brilliant. And again, without sort of throwing it in your face, it's not going. Oh, hey, look, we're walking past the Peckhamplex. We're in Peckham. There's the Peckhamplex. We're in Brixton. There's the Brixton Windmill. You know, it's it's not it's not that. It's all the stuff is just there. But at the same time, the sense of place is very apparent but it never lingers too long in one place either which is i think a really really it's <clears throat> obviously it's extremely well written extremely well directed extremely well shot it ticks all of the boxes but the one thing that obviously we obviously we spot a lot in bad films is that scenes go on too long and in this every scene is the perfect length and then they're into a kind of a new location it's a new thing to make it feel fresh while still continuing the thread of the previous thing and making it feel like it's all flowing neatly in that sort of rigid link later way
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the way that you could describe this movie is the anti-Curtis rom com (laughs) where
1: Love Richard actually
0: (laughs) Richard Curtis is all about I'm in London. Look at London. Ooh, London, London, London. And it feels like so inauthentic. I don't know whether it's just that he is only in the posh area of London.
1: Kensington, Kensington, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea.
0: Notting Hill yeah. Notting Hill apart from not really <laughs> feeling very Notting Hill whatsoever that
1: movie um, we've talked about that haven't we
0: we have talked about Notting Hill I think if we haven't we'll pick it up
1: I'm 95% actually. certain we yeah. have because I remember talking to you about how irritating I found Ree siffins in, in everything and I don't I don't, I, I don't begrudge the man as I don't dislike him personally I but begrudge I find him immensely <laughs> irritating as an actor and in that film he is particularly egregiously irritating <laughs>
0: Um You should watch the Spider Man movie he's in where he plays the lizard. He's in a Spider-Man movie? Yeah, one of the Andrew Garfield ones. That is weird. Um he plays the lizard. Dr. Kurt Connor as the lizard. Um anyway, yeah, this is the anti Curtis. So inauthentically London like doesn't doesn't represent london in any possible way you see that with bridget jones um yeah everything um also all the scenes go on too long in a lot of his movies and it feels quite meandering whereas this is just right bish bash bosh straight through all of these amazing little scenes and like i think what also really works well is the direction here in terms of the quick cuts within those scenes is so well done like this movie is a tight one hour and 20 minutes long
1: yeah and it's the perfect length and it's the perfect length it
0: doesn't overstay it's the welcome whatsoever and it gets so many amazing scenes into that time
1: yeah we we discussed notting hill over 200 episodes ago episode 97
0: <laughs>
1: that's incredible march that's 2019
0: incredible. wow that is amazing um <laughs> gosh uh that feels like a lifetime ago That was was before
1: my first son was born. Yeah. Blimey.
0: Incredible.
1: Um, Just three episodes later, we'd also talked about Under the Cherry Moon. You know, what I think we (laughs) should do is I think we should revisit that. You keep saying we should revisit (laughs) Under the Cherry Moon. and I do not want to revisit (laughs) Under the Cherry Moon. Or um, The Bridges of Madison County. It's going to be one of those two. The Redux. (laughs) This is the year of the Redux.
0: (laughs) The year of the rehashing, because there's not enough romantic movies to watch (laughs) in the world that we have to start redoing. There's never any new ones. But what's interesting is that there is a Prince link between our conversation just then in the Under the Cherry Moon, of course, iconic Prince film.
1: There is. I bet you, Um, Rain Allen Miller, who directed Rowlane, I bet you she has seen Under the Cherry Moon and I bet you you she loves it. We
0: we We should should find her contact details and ask
1: her. And tell her that this is for a directorial debut. This is absolutely astounding. Like I don't know oh, yeah. how you could top this. Really, it could could turn out to be a poison chalice because it's too good.
0: Is she going to get given a Marvel movie to do next, <laughs> and just <laughs> hate her life for the rest of her career? Or Star Wars? Yeah, um, oh, that's what, yeah.
1: Star Wars in Peckham. That's that's the next the next one.
0: Look, I would I would watch Peckham Star Wars.
1: Yeah, goes to 100%. goes to the. Um, shop in Rye Lane Market, and it's just Yoda. He's just there. Like,
0: I'm trying yeah. to remember the name of the venue that we used to play in Peckham all the time. Not not with you, but with the other band. I don't I mean, think probably I ever saw you in Peckham. Probably doesn't exist anymore, to be honest. I, like, so many venues have closed down since COVID. A lot, a lot of, of them, them exists, don't. But yeah, yeah, it's But, yeah, you, but yeah, it's it's so nice to see somewhere like Peckham represented in in a rom-com, or in, a, in cinema in general. And yeah. particularly given that, like... A lot of stuff around South London is just kind of hardship and deprivation in cinema. And it's just like, that is not, that's not representative of, of the human beings who no. live in these places at all.
1: It was nice to see, yeah, as to see it really brought to life in a very, very joyful way without it glossing over anything either. I mean, I don't think there was yeah, any point where yeah. it was trying to show true grit. But that wasn't the no. point of it, was it? But at the same time, as you say, it's it's not the like the Richard Curtis like everyone in London is white and posh and rich, like.
0: No, it's just showcasing. It feels like it showcases life, and I think you know, what more can you ask from a rom com than a movie that that showcases life in in its different forms? Yeah, um, it's yeah, loved loved this film, loved this film. It's really good, and it's
1: um, it feels contemporary without being exhausting. Do you know what I mean by that? And I I think the the sort of odd comparison I'm going to make that won't make a lot of sense, but that makes sense to me is that I recently saw a trailer for the new Mean Girls and it made me feel sick. Like it genuinely (laughs) made me have like motion sickness just looking at it. Have you seen have you seen it?
0: I've not seen it no. It's like what what, what disturbed you about this? They've
1: trailer? taken the they obviously the original film is is a masterpiece. Then became a stage musical and they've sort of taken that and they've now made that a new film as as I understand it. But it was it was incredibly tiktoky gen z and that makes me sound a thousand years old, I know. But like it was just so fast-paced and full of sort of weird slang, and you, you you can tell that all of the kind of cutting between things so quickly is sort of like influenced by that desire for everything to be a 10 second video. You know what I mean? And I know I, old man yells at cloud over here, but it just made me feel a little. <laughs> so, and this was Back not in that. In
0: my day, we had lingering shots in our films, yeah, and we used the the slang of two thousand and five, not this newfangled <laughs> slang of twenty twenty-four. <laughs>
1: I can't really explain it. It was just yeah, the the vibe was off.
0: But did but did it also feel did it also feel inauthentic at the same time that it was people pushing that kind of stuff?
1: Of course, it like, felt incredibly people, inauthentic.
0: People our age being like, right, let's write something for the fifteen-year-old. That's
1: exactly it. it. Yeah, it felt it felt extremely forced and fake. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Whereas. Riley Lane
1: is the opposite. It's the opposite of that, but it still felt really contemporary. You know, there there was, you know, messaging and, you know, communication on phones and hip-hop club nights and stuff that all felt like that could be happening right now. But it, it didn't feel the need to try and exhaust you by making everything look like TikTok.
0: But also there's going to be a timeless quality to this because none of the things in this movie are going to disappear anytime soon. No. You know, messaging on a mobile phone is going to be around (laughs) Um, yeah the 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 sort of activities that they get up to are all very human centric
1: yeah and and that's part of the genius of it as well actually the the sense of place is really really apparent and there is a sense of time but actually you could have set this in that that area sort of anywhere in the last sort of 30 to 40 years I suppose you know maybe with a couple of exceptions but yeah as you say it feels very very timeless in the same way that something like Richard Linklater's before whatever you you know doesn't doesn't feel dated I'm sure I haven't watched it in a while but yeah
0: but yeah no I, I think you're right because I think the last time I watched it was when we did that for the podcast whenever whenever the hell that was yeah
1: um
0: and I think yeah I think that's a really important point is this is a movie that will remain timeless for a very long time. It's a movie that's very centred on human elements. And those kind of human elements aren't going to change. You know, sort of the, the relationship elements, the breakup pain within it, all of those kind of things are going to feel real and are going to feel impactful in viewers. And this movie really nails that... Emerging romantic attraction to someone, yeah, in a way that is similar to to Linklater. To you know, I, I know it's the same sort of um, comparison we've made a few times now. But he also gets it in before that emerging romance, and that's exactly what you get here. You also get that. Wow, you can actually feel that that. Um, that budding romance here really strongly.
1: Absolutely. They had incredible chemistry, really great mm. performances from from both of the leads as well. David Johnson, um, I was just looking at his um, his page out. he's in a film that we also talked about last week, which is Alien Romulus.
0: <laughs> yes, I saw that. He's going to be in, in Alien Romulus, um, which, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what that's going to be. Is it going to be a kids movie or a teen movie, or is it going to be an actual horror movie with young people in? Um I'm really, I'm really intrigued. Um, one thing I'd also want to point out before we move on to other bits, another thing that feels authentic, supermalt representation <laughs> in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Hell yes. Have you ever enjoyed the beautiful fizzy digestive that is a super malt?
1: Enjoyed, no. Tried, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely revolting.
0: <laughs> how dare how you <laughs>
1: I think, I tried it once and it's just like I was offended by the taste of it but I very much respect it as an as a cultural institution.
0: It's like drinking a fizzy digestive biscuit.
1: Yeah, but there's something that <laughs> had a weird aftertaste. Maybe <laughs> I need not, to revisit it because I like digestive what's biscuits. Not to love. Today what's not to I, love? I picked up white chocolate digestives. They had those in Tesco. Yes. What do have you very had good, one? Very good. Very good. Yeah. Although I, I feel like some. the layer of chocolate is thinner than it used to be. The layer of
0: chocolate it? is thinner, but I think the layer having a thicker layer of white chocolate would be too much. Not for me. I think it would become too sickly. I would say that they're still a little bit too sickly. Not as good as the OG chocolate digestives. Possibly superior to the caramel digestives that are a bit too much.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I vastly, quite like those. Vastly
0: superior to the dark chocolate digestives, which are the bin binum category. Yeah, awful.
1: You, you can make a, a bin out of those, maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, so, yeah, Supermol. I haven't seen a Supermol in ages, actually. I wonder if I can get some somewhere. You
1: need to get one from a news agent. That's what you need to do. Well, yeah,
0: that's the thing. And I've not been into a proper news agent in ages. Like, the nearest place to me now is a co-op rather than a news agent. Yeah,
1: same here. There used to be one on the corner, but it's now a coffee shop.
0: <sighs> Bring back newsagents. Next time I'm in town. I'll pop into the new Jasons and see if they've got super malt.
1: You should or can I buy some online? You, there's probably a website for freaks like you.
0: Yeah, where's where's um Tesco grocery sells them?
1: Oh, well there you go. That's your, that's your evening sorted tomorrow.
0: I'm going to be getting me some super malt.
1: Kick back Hell, with yeah. the super malt.
0: Wait, hold on. Hold on. Supermolt mango and passion fruit flavour. I don't know how I feel about that, mate. Mm,
1: no. That sounds that sounds, sounds even sounds, worse to me.
0: <laughs> that sounds bad. I I appreciate a super malt, Yeah. Adding in fruit flavours to my delicious fizzy malt drink. I'm not too sure about that no i'm highly dubious
1: and that was not featured in this film so that probably tells you everything you need to know well it did feature a lot of different (laughs) gastronomic things didn't it it it's a used food and drink i thought in a very very clever and again quite subtle way that gave it that sense of place and time and culture without you know being like look we're eating burritos from colin firth
0: yeah he's got a he's got a fun little cameo um in, in this running as running a burrito stand looking grumpy. Called
1: Love Quack Chili. Is that yes. the joke? Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I feel like they did that deliberately because they know that this is the anti-love actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just a little nod to the to the rom-coms that have come
1: before. And Colin Firth um, was up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: I think what else is really great about this movie is it's really sharp, really quick. But also the direction that they take is very fun as well. So it's actually really visually pleasing. Mm. You've got lots of fisheye lens stuff going on, Mm -hmm. which is a really cool touch, um, where it has that central focus on their characters, but there's that, you know, the warping around them. Um,
1: But it never becomes obnoxious or overwhelming. No,
0: no. It's always done really smartly, rather than it being like... um, the terrible example is Battlefield Earth, and it's the <laughs> constant Dutch angles, <laughs> all the way through the movie. Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch I've angle. I've never seen it. Have you not? No. It's an experience.
1: Um, but here, yeah, Dutch they use ovens. it all the way through the movie. <laughs> Dutch ovens. <laughs> no, that would be a different film. That's my. You've, film. Just
0: taken, you've taken the tone so low now.
1: God, we're talking about a film that's obsessed with piss. Would
0: you say it's obsessed with piss? No,
1: no. But there's a How lot many, of unexpected piss and bum three, humor.
0: There's three piss, piss scenes. You've got the piss in the toilet, then you've got then you've got the the school flashback piss. Yeah, and there is another piss, isn't there? There's a there's a later piss.
1: This, there's definitely a lot of piss. Yeah, I wrote it down, but I can't remember now. And yeah, there, there's bum <laughs> bum humor. Bum humor
0: there. as well. Yeah um yeah no it's it's a good one it's a good one um but yeah the 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 direction that they use is very sparing and very clever doesn't overuse those kind of flashy flourishes but just uses them in spaces to be like oh yes that's cool this is cool um the other thing that they have a lot of flourishes around is these almost little fantasy elements here and there that pop up so when they're talking about their experiences, such as him being in the cinema, or her talking about the uh, the fictional version of the breakup that she tells him, um, that all takes place on a stage, and the audience is is entirely, yeah. um, I've forgotten the character names, uh, entirely Dom. Yeah, and and those little moments, like oh yeah, this is really clever. It's really fun. It's a really fun film, and that was so nice to watch.
1: And again, so many films just get lost in that kind of thing. It's, and I think a lot of filmmakers think if you're going to do something like that, that then has to become the focus of the film, or you have to do it over and over, or it has to like go on forever. And actually, this film just sort of deployed that in a really neat way, didn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um,
0: yeah, and you're right, some directors, they really like to just focus center on that kind of thing
1: yeah this isn't if this um, was a yorgos Lanthamos film it would be that <laughs> over and over again wouldn't it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i love i love old old yorgo
1: yeah you're gonna um, go You gonna see the new one?, oh, it's hard to get to the cinema but
0: well apparently the baby cinema at our local cinema is showing
1: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> well there you go <laughs> poor poor things is the movie that they're showing for baby cinema um so i do let me see if it's still on the problem is that we're now in the fussy six-week era
1: yeah i can edit this out i didn't know if you wanted to talk about the fact that you're now able to say as a father, a father like as a like father. i am like I've been, I've been saying that for a long time so now it's not just me anymore <laughs> now both of us we're going to change the name of the show to as a father
0: well, I do genuinely think that we should do a, a, a spin-off show and we should alternate called As a Father, where we talk about, we talk about things for kids, movies for kids instead and how much we like them or hate them. Oh, and
1: then we could, we can watch stuff like Paw Patrol and talk about how fascist it is and stuff like that. We can, <laughs> oh, we can really actually, dig into it's
0: it. Oh, Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I'm so tired of that. Ah, oh, did you know that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is Copaganda?
1: Oh, did you yep. know
0: that Colombo is propaganda? I don't care.
1: <laughs> Genuinely, Columbo is for kids.
0: Columbo is for kids. I watched. I watched
1: Colombo as kids. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Let me have a look and see if my local cinema is is still doing it. Um,
1: Do you know, let, let's take a. This is the commercial break. Let's see what both of our <laughs> local cinemas are showing. A baby cinema.
0: This ad break <laughs> brought you <laughs> by. Um. Brought to you by uh, Baby Cinema at your local...
1: What do you buy, Baby Cinema. Toddler Time. Oh, here we go. Oh, that's not Baby Cinema, though. That's different. I guess that I've got one of those. What are they showing at Toddler Time? Only 350. Hey, Dougie. Nope. Hey, Dougie another one that we don't do. You don't do Hey, Dougie? No. How
0: come? Is that also propaganda?
1: No, no. I just hate the animation style, and I find it very basic.
0: <laughs> oh, Again, I think this it's is, quite shallow. This
1: is an advert for our other show. it's it's not quite as bad as peppa pig in terms of the animation being sort of overly simplistic um in a way that people think is like simple good like um deceptively simple as the way they always say in comic books which is bullshit obviously but like do you know what i mean like it's not quite as horrid as peppa pig but i'm not a fan of the uh
0: so what you're saying is you're not going to be going to see pepper's cinema party which is in cinemas now this ad break brought to you by Pepper's Cinema Party.
1: Toddler of time. Wallace and Gromit: A Close Shave. Yes, we could do that. Absolutely. Okay, but where's, where's baby cinema? I'm, look, I'm still looking for baby. So cinema.
0: is Hey Dougie? What is the plot of Hey Dougie? I don't
1: know. It's uh, he's like a dog who's also a scout leader, and there's a whole like sort of dog scouting thing. I don't know. I've just oh, I've actually, tried to watch a few hey- seconds of it. You know when you just see a few seconds of it and you just know <laughs> that is just horrible, irritating nonsense. But also it's very popular. Or it was a few years ago. I don't think it I think since Bluey came along, Hey dougie has been forgotten about, but before Bluey. So maybe about like 4 years ago Hey Dougie was massive. 4 or 5 years ago. Uh-
0: Just so you know, in fact, because Hey Dougie is about a scout troop and a scout leader, it's actually upholding the fascist structural norms of our society, Yeah, and you should therefore avoid
1: it. Thanks, (laughs) Kia. It's the the same voice.
0: The, The thing is that that's just Keir Starman's voice. The voice that I naturally use to mock things is Keir Starman's voice. Yeah. Let me be clear, Bluey... Is a good television show.
1: <laughs> okay, I finally found the baby cinema page. They're showing. Oh, they showing Mean Girls. <laughs> well,
0: there we go. You oh, can go and see Mean Girls. Vomit with rage. Bob Marley,
1: One Love. Oh, in June, part two, from Friday the first of March. Okay, oh, <laughs> two hours forty-seven minutes. The baby's gonna definitely sit. <laughs> sit I was there gonna and say, my baby,
0: <laughs> my baby is not gonna is not gonna sit through that. Oh man, I've also just looked at Sainsbury's and there's zero results for Supermalt. Oh,
1: it's a sad day for you. Gutted.
0: I'm gonna have to make a pilgrimage up into town. No baby screenings. Check out, check out all the corner shops. Yeah, the baby screenings clearly it says that they happen on Monday late afternoons, which obviously isn't oh. gonna work for me anyway.
1: See, our one does it at eleven thirty, so it's before all the riffraff come in the cinema. They let the they let the parents in first and give them free coffee. <laughs>
0: There we go. That was how we there saw we
1: Guy Ritchie's Aladdin and Frozen 2.
0: I thought you were going to say The Gentleman then. It's was like, oh, that's a fun movie for babies. No. I watched The Gentleman. I enjoyed it, in fact. It was fun.
1: I will never watch it.
0: <laughs> it's got cheeky gangster boys being cheeky. It's got Charlie Hunnam being a cheeky little gangster man
1: like he always is. King Arthur? Is he in the King I, Arthur I one?
0: He's yeah he's he's King Arthur in King Arthur
1: that's the only other Guy Ritchie film I'm willing to watch because it's about something I like. did you see it in the end? The King no, King? I never watched it in the end. It's quite fun we'll get we'll get around to it, won't we?
0: um yeah, I like um I like that King Arthur movie. I haven't seen his Aladdin because as you know, I find the um I find the live action Disney movies to be abhorrent. It's actually not bad. I, I'm never going to watch it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I, fucking, <laughs> I fucking hate all of them. The only one that I've liked was... What about um, Lady and the Tramp? We talked about that one. Uh, ugh. Um, the only one that I've genuinely liked was Cinderella. Um, Which is the only one that I don't like. Yeah, because you're... the only boring. It goes on forever.
1: Cuck. So boring. You
0: loved... Uh, you loved Lion King. That's what you loved. You
1: loved <laughs> That's what, what I, like. I like. I like real lions singing <laughs> like emotionless singing lions
0: shouting no <laughs> as their father dies
1: <laughs> no that one was awful fucking hated it um that was terrible I, i'll put a link to our episode our episode about that in the show notes because that was a wild ride yeah
0: yeah you made me watch it you're gonna make me watch others i'm sure
1: yeah definitely um, we, but we haven't talked about the beauty and the beast which i think you don't like even though it has luke evans as gaston which is I like thought, the performance of the century
0: i thought we had watched beauty and the beast have we not
1: we haven't done an episode on it we've just, we talked, Cinderella. About it so we've just talked about it we've just talked about it, much I hate I it, hate it.
0: it. <laughs> which i do i hate that film as much as i like obviously it's got dan stevens in as well who i love
1: who is the man but he's wasted or the beast in the wasted film. in it as the Beast
0: um anyway how do we get on to this there are no beasts in in rye lane
1: unfortunately not apart from potentially the the friend who's a photographer who <laughs> who is brilliant the bookend of the film this is another really really brilliant example of just its narrative brilliance so mm. it, it starts and ends with a uh, a photo exhibition of this friend um who's like pretentious but also quite cheeky and <laughs> Within the first two minutes, this is when it, I knew it was going to be a really good film. Is when he said, "The mouth is the Stonehenge of the face." <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> and we we know more about Saturn than we do about the human mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and then ends it with his first his first showing is um, of mouths. He's Close-up photographs of mouths, and then it ends with close-up photographs of bums. And, Which again,
1: uh, there's a link there to Love Actually, isn't there? Because that's done. That same joke is done in Love Actually, but in a way that is pretentious and, ster- and sterile. It's where and Andrew Lincoln is. He's the the art gallery, isn't he? Where um. Alan Rickman's company is having their Christmas party. It's in an art gallery where there's like black and white pictures of bums on the on the walls and oh, then there's kids right. tittering in it, at it and he goes, it's not funny, it's art.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Because that's what Richard, Li- Richard Curtis Richard Curtis later. Richard Curtis, not Richard Linklater. That's what <laughs> Richard Curtis wants you to think. He wants you to think it's not funny, it's art. Well, but it I is think, funny.
0: I think there's there's two different approaches here, isn't there? There is that that joke which i'd entirely forgotten about from love actually which shows me how how much i remember that film um is a smug joke at the expense of uh un- non-traditional art isn't it whereas yeah. The joke in Rye Lane is around the arrogance of pretentious artists, as opposed to the art itself. And I think that's the difference, is who's the pretentious smug person in both circumstances. In the first one, it's the director of the movie itself. And then in this one, it's actually the characters that are being portrayed in the film.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, you love the friend, don't you? Like, he's cheeky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's great. You don't think he's pretentious. The only guy who is pretentious is obviously the ex who is a sculptor. Who's the flat they the end film. up breaking into.
0: Yes, in an amazing scene. Um, but yeah, and th- and then the 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 movie ends with the bum uh, one, and then there he says, uh, "We know more about Neptune than we know about our the human anus or something like that." It's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant like that. jokes. And and that's the other thing we've not mentioned it yet, but this is a really funny movie. Yeah, like, the the script is amazing. And shout out to I. I didn't recognise many of the names of the people involved in this, but Nathan Bryan I did recognise the name of. Yes, and we have is... his children's
1: books. Actually, oh, do they're you? really good. Yeah, ah. I recommend those.
0: Um, I knew first knew him from Benidorm. Yes, <laughs> which, which he's in. He plays <laughs> Joey in Benidorm, but he's a great comedy writer as well, and he's written loads of good stuff. Yeah, um, this I think probably being the best thing of his that I've scene that i've appreciated he's done lots of tv writing and bits and bobs like that um but this is great this is really whip smart and yeah big fan of it big fan
1: Uh, yeah there were a lot of genuine laugh out loud moments whilst still it it wasn't like a laugh a minute either it balanced the the comic with the, the sort of seriousness of the romantic situation perfectly
0: could you therefore say that this is indeed a romantic comedy?
1: Absolutely. This is the very definition. We're going to say when you look it up in the dictionary, this film is going to be there.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, it is good. <laughs> I was trying to think of something more more insightful and incisive to say then, but no, it is good. That's what I'm going to say. Good, Good film is good. good film
1: is good go watch it absolutely it's yeah so so yeah basically it's this kind of single evening and then there's a sort of few months later bit where they get back together and they it does the whole sort of romantic movie grand gesture thing in a way that's sort of not cheesy and totally believable as well because it set it up perfectly as well
0: yes yeah absolutely it's there there is this deliberate knowing payoff around grand romantic gestures um the movie showcases that Dom is a fan of grand romantic gestures um love the fact that the gesture <laughs> they showcases in a Morleys yeah, um, that was brilliant if you haven't experienced a Morleys, then you're missing out um but uh but yeah, and then Yaz later on in the movie um at the end in the grand finale does her own big romantic gesture, and it's very sweet and very cleverly done. Um, in a knowing way without being an overly smart
1: way. Yeah.
0: Um, I will say, though, a little bit of criticism. The argument that splits them up at the end of the day feels a bit inauthentic and unrealistic.
1: Yeah, and that's always the very hardest part of writing romantic comedy, isn't it? I don't know that I could have come up with something better, but that's the point often when we talk about romantic comedies where we go, that felt manufactured.
0: Yeah, I think even if it had just become awkward after that point because of the fact that she lied, and then that kind of dissipated the budding romance and they went their separate ways. Yeah,
1: that's how it always is, isn't it? It's like, oh, you lied to me. That's always the thing. And it doesn't matter what the lie is. It's just like that's the easy fix for that plot.
0: Yeah, problem, and, and that's the pro- that was the problem, is that that's the easy fix here. And yeah, you could have a reaction to being lied to, but the fact that it goes to such an extreme length, uh, extreme uh, end result so quickly feels quite inauthentic for these two characters because they're both very empathetic people. And suddenly there's this callousness on show, which maybe feels a little bit forced. And that that's the one thing that I'd say felt a little bit out of place. Um, and the fact but the that rest of it is so good that, that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the fact we're talking about that showcases actually how good it is, that it's perfect all the way through. And just this slight fumble in terms of pacing and tone really stands out because of that, because the rest of it is so bloody good.
1: But what what comes before it, though, is important because... Basically, yeah, they they sort of they meet each other at this exhibition and then the rest of their days they get entwined with each other's things that they're doing, exes, and then they decide that they're going to break into her ex's flat to steal back her copy of A Tribe Called Quest's Low End Theory. Which is one of on the vinyl. greatest
0: albums of all time. Which is great, Can yeah, so that,
1: that was a nice thread running through yeah. it as well. She wants to get it back, and then the the so it goes from sort of having fun together to like breaking and entering. So you have to sort of be okay with the criminal aspect of it, and then you realise that that's actually the driver of the the um, and then they they get caught, obviously, and then that becomes actually a very very awkward and quite hard to watch situation. And that being the driver of them then breaking up, that actually kind of almost works on its own, doesn't it? But you still need that that sort of you lied to me element, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the problem is I don't think we necessarily needed... I think show, don't tell could have worked quite well there, that actually the fact that there was that lie and the fact that it's taken away her confidence could have been enough for it to then be, okay, the awkwardness is quite strong here. It feels like the day's been spoiled and they go their separate ways after that. Yeah, Um, And then there could have then been... And maybe you would have shifted the ending a little bit because it didn't need a big apology romantic gesture, but instead... And and Dom says it himself. You know, we we need to be in better spaces than we are we were then. Um, you know, it's still two people in a lot of pain from relationships. Um, I think that 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 could have worked absolutely fine on its own. I don't think it necessarily needed to be as jarring a "light you lied to me" scene as it was. I think is the 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 one thing.
1: Yeah. It was just a, a tiny bit jarring. But, you know, that's the the only negative, really, isn't it? Yeah, and, it yeah. and we're clutching at straws to find that. I
0: mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, like I said, it's one of the best rom-coms I've seen in ages. Yeah. Um, I genuinely can't think of the last new romp on my watch that i think is better than this
1: it's great performances but great characterization as well it's little things like it's about halfway through the film i think um they just go into like a shop to to pick up a drink or whatever and she says to a a random woman oh like i really like your clothes or whatever and the woman's like oh thank you and he's like well that's that's weird and she's like you know just bring some positivity or whatever and then so he goes up to a guy before them in the queue and says nice kicks and the guy just looks at him like what are you doing and then he says just goes, suck your mum, and like walks off. <laughs> <laughs> so funny.
0: Which is, yeah, really great. Really great scene.
1: And it's it's a really neat little thing about how people try to be cool or try to be different or try to sort of emulate other people in ways that don't work for them, which is kind of, I guess, the overall theme of the film, isn't it? It's like both of them were in relationships that weren't right for them for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, and it also showcases the um, the different tones and worlds that these two characters have as well where she has that positivity that she can then embrace and bring to other people at least very much in this form that she's taking at that moment in time whereas he instead has that reserved element instead that showcases back in the way that the world throws it back at him um which you see in the 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 barbecue party scene later on down the line as well where it plays out in a very similar way and so yeah, it's, it's really cleverly done, the way that the world also taps back into the key characterization. It's just, oh, such a cleverly put together film.
1: Yeah, and you feel like part of it probably is personal to the creators. They probably all have their own nostalgia for that area and know it really well and were able to easily fit that all together. But that makes it feel very, very authentic, doesn't it? That side of it came across as just so authentic.
0: Yeah, so Rain Alan Miller moved to Brixton at twelve years old. So again, very much knowing that that part of the world. Um and apparently went to Brit school in Croydon as well. Okay. So I know that Croydon's not technically London if you ask people from Croydon uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a big big you know Croydon separatist movement I suppose or the or, or or maintaining <laughs> maintaining Croydon's place as um, as an independent place but uh, you know that that element of 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 the world is really runs through this um it's really depressing that she's younger than us by the way
1: I know yeah <laughs> But that's what was good about this film. It, fe- it felt it felt younger than us but without being TikTok-y and exhausting. So there's a, there's in that sweet spot, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It made good. me feel young again.
0: It feels authentic. It <laughs> reminded me of the days when I used to be hanging out around that part of London, going to gigs, chilling out,
1: getting chicken from Morley's.
0: Getting chicken from Morley's. Although my my haunt was Chick Chicken.
1: Yeah, the, I remember. Chick
0: Chick Chicken in New Cross that was
1: the one i remember going there with you once yeah great days <laughs> um
0: actually and i think actually to be honest what, one of the things that is great about this movie is how it does tie into food and like i don't live in london anymore i'm i'm uh, i'm in the in the countryside ish now um but the one thing that i really miss about london like is that cultural element of the food in particular absolutely being able to go and get good food from all of these different cultures is really depressing that i can't do that anymore
1: yeah you don't get the mix you tend to get weird stuff like how in my area is full of sicilians and every and there's like three sicilian cafes in my one village where i live it's stuff like that isn't it when you move out
0: yeah whereas i've just got chain dog shit where I am. It's so depressing. I can I can't get anything. We've got two good Italian places like run by actual Italians. Nice. And but that's it, and everything else is chained. We we have a decent Thai place, but it's only decent, and you're just like, oh man.
1: Do you have you're a decent like... shirt, place
0: <laughs> <For> Fuck's sake. <laughs> um but like I just want some good Caribbean food. And I can't get that anywhere. I do not get that anywhere around here either. It's just like, it's so depressing. So depressing. I might have to make a trip up to London just to eat until I
1: die. We should do that.
0: Just do a little, instead of a pub crawl. uh, Yeah.
1: Food crawl. Yeah,
0: food crawl. That'd be amazing. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they, they get that element of London so well. And... It made me really reminisce, actually, this movie. It made me really reminisce about when I used to live up there. Um, and may- maybe that's why I'm so soft on this movie and why I loved it so much, is it really reminds me of of that. But I loved it. I loved this film. It was great.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure I'd feel the same if someone made a film about Kingston, which is where I grew up. And your, your and Kingston
0: gets a reference. Yeah. Gets a little shout out.
1: Sure, not Kingston, Jamaica, which also gets a reference as well. <laughs> which
0: also gets a reference, yeah. Um, so uh, have you got anything else you want to say about?
1: this? Um, no, just that we we haven't noted yet that it's pretty much an all black creative team and an all black oh, yeah, cast, yeah. more or less, and a lot of it is black culture as well. And I think it gets that across in such a a joyful and engaging way as well. And that was just such a nice thing to see as well. And you know, just just really really great to see that in a rom com as well, because as you say, a lot of them are just full of too many white people.
0: That's true. And also, a lot of the time, the stories that get commissioned by black creators are about pain. Yes. And it's just like, do you really need people to be constantly revisiting their own trauma in the creation of these works? Because that's what you're paying for people to create. It's nice to have a joyous film like this. Yeah. It's it's, um,
1: it's so joyful and so engaging and so funny. Whilst not being cheesy and surface level and superficial either, if that makes sense. It nails that side of it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I just want to shout out um, Vivian Apara and David Johnson. I really want to see where their careers go because they are amazing. Absolutely. (laughs) They're so good in this. Um, I will be watching whatever that fucking Aliens movie is. (laughs) Alien Romulus.
1: Such a (laughs) stupid... Alien Remus is coming afterwards, I assume. (laughs) I see. I bet
0: it is actually. I bet they do. Um it's directed by um Fede Alvarez though, who did do the Evil Dead remake and did do Don't Breathe.
1: Oh, you told me about that last time, yeah.
0: So he's done some he's done some good stuff. I'm just a bit concerned that it's going to be like a teenaged alien movie and how that's going to operate we'll see we'll see i don't i don't know enough about it i'm not going to pass judgment um but yeah vivian Apar as well brilliant amazing um really really good i really hope that she goes on to more incredible stuff
1: yeah it's and it's really great to see young actors do something this good because you're like you know they've got these whole exciting careers ahead of them
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah bring it Really excited to see where everybody ends up, and 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 the director as well, Alan Miller. This is a great debut, yeah, like incredible debut. Cannot wait to see what she's up to next.
1: Top notch debut, yeah.
0: Gets the big boy seal of approval.
1: Yep, hundred percent.
0: So, um, yeah. What what we what we anything else to say, or should we get onto ranking?
1: Yeah, let's let's rank it
0: um how many seconds of a look of disdain do you get from colin firth when you ask for a not spicy burrito
1: <laughs> he's looking at me for a long time man i think i'm going to give this a 19 out of a possible 20 we'll give it that we'll mark it down that one for that the kind of the plot point that we talked about but yeah it's this is just it was really a perfect palate cleanser and full of joy and i loved it i loved it
0: yeah i'm i'm completely matching you on that 19 out of 20 for this it is incredible um loved this film so good more like this please
1: excellent well whatever we're watching next isn't going to match up so what what shit piece are you pulling out for us next time
0: is it is it me again well last 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 time you said
1: it was my it was my choice and then we did the random generator again so I assumed that that counted as my choice and then we were going to you. But if you haven't got anything, then we can do the <laughs> generator again, I guess.
0: I'll do the generator again then. Right, okay. Maybe this should just uh, be how we
1: do it. Until we get to piss month, obviously. <laughs>
0: Until we get to piss month. Uh, let's, let's go to romantic comedies.
1: Piss is the main threat.
0: Okay. <laughs> Right. Give me a number between 1 and 4.
1: 4.
0: And give me a number between 1 and 11. 3. We are watching What Happens in Vegas. We've got some Ashton Kutcher oh, content no. coming your way. <laughs> Two strangers who drunkenly got married in Vegas fight over a huge jackpot after having their annulment denied by a judge.
1: Wait, have I seen this?
0: This is Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz.
1: No, I haven't seen this. This just feels very similar to a lot of films that I have seen. You know what I you've mean
0: you've got you've got underneath. Well, this is
1: older than I thought.
0: Underneath, if you click on what happens in Vegas, just, you just see a million movies with exactly the same poster.
1: Yeah, <laughs> his um, face looks really big on this poster. It's weird. Oh, no, they
0: don't call him Ashton Big Face Kutcher for nothing.
1: I was going to say not a man who you think of as having a big face but maybe he does
0: maybe he's, he's a deceptively large faced man
1: yeah I mean he did have to play Stephen Jobs who's a man who also had a big face
0: <laughs> yeah that's why they cast him
1: yeah <laughs> him and Michael Fassbender the... Michael Facebender <laughs>
0: a face larger <laughs> um...
1: this is bad <laughs> this is bad oh, chat oh
0: right should we call it a day or do we run yes out, we should thank you for
1: listening um and if you haven't gone if you haven't seen right lane please go and watch it it's brilliant yeah um, really really yeah. brilliant um you can find us on twitter at big boys don't pod you can email us big boys don't at gmail.com and um, we'll be back next week to talk about what happens in vegas the film
0: <laughs> that is <matches> the title <laughs> all righty <bye-bye. laughs> bye
1: bye